Why, hello everyone. Welcome to the program Illumination. We come from the library of Sunset Lodge 369 in Santa Monica, California. It's great to have you with us as always. My name is Les Jones. I'm the host. I serve as the senior deacon here at Sunset Lodge and I'm working right now to become the junior warden. And that's going to be a great step for me. Also behind the door, behind the board, and is our producer, and he'll be our co-host today in our program, Michael Wallback. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you can, send us an email. That is sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. That's sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. Or you can look us up on the web, which is sunsetmasoniclodge.org. That's sunsetmasoniclodge.org. We're here most Tuesday nights, and we start at 6.30, as always, with a meal. And at 7.30, whatever we're doing, whether it's degree, practice, or business meeting or something, we'd love to see you. If you're a Mason, come on by and, and have a bite to eat with us and join us in our activities. And if you're not a Mason, we'd still love to see you. Stop by, and we'd love to talk to you about anything. Stop by at 6.30 and have a bite to eat with us. You know, I, I think today's program, uh, if we're going to pick out a title for it, it would be, I'm now a Master Mason, now what? Now, you know, there are many things you could do, and we're going to be talking about the two main uh, organizations around Freemasonry. Now, this is not to say that there's anything wrong with just being a Master Mason. Uh, that's kind of funny to say that just a master mason because there's so much to learn from the three degrees alone and if you're watching on youtube you can see behind me are all these books with lots of study and you could you could spend an entire life just studying what's what's behind me here and beside me some of these books are just rich with information and you could you could spend a lifetime just studying these things and that would be a wonderful thing to do and, but there are other organizations that have sprung up over the years, and that's what Brother Michael and I will be talking about. And two organizations which we're going to bring up is the York Rite and the Scottish Rite. And Brother Michael, uh, let give him a chance to get his microphone all set up and so forth. Mr. Uh, Brother Michael, which one would you like to start off with? Well, I, I think that they're both really interesting organizations um, and definitely different, you know, in many respects. Now, in California, all the lodges in California, with one exception, are uh, Royal Arch Lodges. Um, so we follow the York Rite, which was really the, the English Freemasonry. Um, Scottish Rite, even though it says Scottish in the title, was really French Freemasonry. And there is one lodge that practices French ritual, and by permission of the Grand Lodge of California, they do the first three degrees that are Scottish Rite degrees rather than York Rite degrees. But all of the lodges in California, all the blue lodges under the Grand Lodge of California, the first three degrees you take are York Rite degrees, and the first three degrees, not the Scottish Rite degrees. Now, Brother Michael, would we, if, if we were to go to that lodge and watch one of the degrees, would we see that much of a difference? Yeah, I, I've actually been to the French Lodge and watched the French uh, degree, the first degree. It is radically different from really? what we do. So you'll find that it's, it's absolutely a very different organization. I, I don't know. I don't speak French, unfortunately. I was that generation of Canadians but just before bilingualism. So uh, 
And, you know, one of the great things in Freemasonry is visiting different lodges. So I've been to the Grand Lodge of Iran and see, in exile and seen a lodge in Farsi, and I don't speak Farsi, but – and then uh, the French lodges and so forth. Um, but I encourage you, actually. It's in Pasadena, so it's not too far away, Les. And if you um, want to look them up and get invited to one of their first degrees in particular, I think you'll find that it's radically different than what you're used to seeing. I would love to see one of their second degrees. Yeah, I, I've not seen that, just the first, so I, I'm not going to be qualified to tell you. But again, if you pick up Morals and Dogma and you look at the first three degrees in there, um, that's pretty much what we're talking about. Those oh. are the Scottish Rite degrees, and, and it'll give you a, a good sense of, of what their second degree entails. Well, Brother Michael, we were talking about this beforehand. I did not realize that there was a big difference. I know here in California, we are free and accepted Masons, and in Texas, it is... Accepted, free, and accepted Masons. Am I correct on that? Uh, close. Ancient, free, and accepted Masons, That's AF and AM. Now, a lot of that comes from the schism that happened in Freemasonry. And, and for those of us that are, are not familiar with that, that was in the, I think, mid-1700s or thereabouts, not long after the formation of the Grand Lodge of England. Um, and really what caused that, it was during the potato famine. Um, and a lot of very poor Irish were showing up in England that were Masons that were looking for, for charity from the Masonic lodges in, in London and in England. Um, so in order to thwart that, they decided that they would change all the passwords and modes of recognition and so forth so that when uh, an Irish Mason, Mason showed up, they would say, well, I, I can't help you because you don't know the right password. There, there were a group of Masons that felt that was horribly unmasonic, so they, they kind of caused a schism and they broke away. Um, and the modern group that there was the breakaway group that, that didn't have its lineage all the way back to the Grand Lodge of England actually called themselves ancient free and accepted Masons because they felt they were being more true to the original ritual. And so they actually put that word ancient in and the free and accepted Masons, which we are in California, is the older of the two lineages that goes back to the formation of the Grand Lodge of England. Um, eventually, the schism was healed and, and they overcame it. Now, one of the bones of contention actually when the schism was healed was the Royal Arch degree. And the Scottish Rite in particular is a fairly, at least by Masonic terms, a fairly modern organization. It doesn't go back, I think, maybe to the 1800s. Um, early 1800s perhaps, but but not too, too far in that respect. Whereas the, the Royal Arch degree had been around, you know, even before the Grand Lodge of England formed. So it, it goes right back to the beginning. Now, didn't, um, didn't um, Albert Pike do a lot of the writing of the of the Scottish Rite? Well, I, I don't know if he actually created the degrees. I, I know he obviously wrote Morals and Dogma and commented greatly. What's interesting about Pike, again, is when you get outside of the southern jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite in the U.S., nobody even freaking cares about him or knows who he is. They, right. He's really only significant in the southern jurisdiction of the United States. Um, By but, the way, I did a little research, and it said the watershed moment of this schism generally is generally taken to be the formation of the first Grand Lodge in London in 1717 when this started. Yeah, it goes back a ways. And as I said, a lot of it was uh, the schism took many years to heal. It was a real divisive time in Freemasonry. Um, and then one of the points I was going to make is when they actually healed the schism, one of the big debates and and which was part of the healing, was what to do with the Royal Arch degree. Right. And some of them wanted to get rid of it, but the, the ancient people felt that it was so important that they fought really, really hard to retain it, so they, they actually did do so. 
Um, and I think, especially in California, Masons, that I'm not necessarily a big fan of going to the Blue Lodge and then running off and joining 100 different organizations Masonically and not really spending the proper time in the Blue Lodge. I still think it's your, it's your foundation in Freemasonry. I think that there's still nothing more significant than going through to be master of a Blue Lodge. And I still would encourage any Mason to get involved, become an officer of the Lodge, spend some time in the Blue Lodge. Even if you go on to other concordant bodies, I still think that that's important. But... Um, but I think that in California, I, I really do encourage uh, members of, of the Blue Lodge that are Master Masons to take the Royal Arch degree. I think it's the culmination of the three degrees of Masonry that we have. I, I think it, it's really important that you understand where that leads. It's a very esoteric degree, especially compared to the Scottish Rites degrees. So it is a very, very esoteric degree. Um, and there are a couple of degrees leading into that. We have a Mark Master degree and a, a Past Master degree. Um, one of the things we talked about earlier, Les, I, I know we were preparing for the show, was right. that um, and unfortunately in masonry everything sort of did get dummied down quite a bit, including the Royal Arch. And back in the day, to take the Royal Arch degree, you actually had to be a past master. Now they give you an honorary past master, oh. so anyone can become a, a Royal Arch Mason. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame sometimes, I think. I wish we'd give people things to strive for and, and let them work for it a little bit. But I think we've made it you know, too easy in, in our particular case. But, uh, but that's just me, and the Grand Lodge is probably not going to be interested in what I have to say on the subject, so, well, so I guess we'll have to live with it. Um, but, but, the, uh, but again, I think it's a really substantial thing, and Sunset Lodge in particular is a Royal Arch Lodge, and when you look at how the, the Lodge is constructed, it was constructed for the presentation of the Royal Arch degrees. So we have all the little hidden rooms and things that they used in the Royal Arch back in the days of antiquity, and our Lodge was structured completely to be a Royal Arch Lodge, so where some of the Lodges aren't, ours very much was. There you go. Well, I, I, you know, I just, I just like the idea, and I'm, I'm becoming more and more aware of this, you know, in my growth along the years, especially here recently, how, how much we've had things watered down, and I'm kind of am a product of this, so I, I can't, I can't say anything, but I loved what our guest last week said that he studies. Twice, he comes into the lodge twice a week, and he's got to be there ninety percent of the time, or he's got to cut it, and he's got to be voted on to be able to get the next degree. So it's a little bit of difficulty, and I've I see more and more in lodges where all you have to do is learn your proficiency, and then you're off to the next one. And I, once again, that's that's how I did it. So you know, I I can't complain too much, but I sure can see the value of actually having education and kind of, what did you say earlier, kind of weeding out those who really don't want to be a part of us. Yeah, I think when you give people more to strive for and you, you force them to earn things a little bit, you find out who really wants to be a Mason and who just paid their dues and you're never going to see them again, you know. And I think encouraging people to show up and put in the time, the effort. And, and I think the Lodge benefits from people who really want to be here and really will, are willing to invest and put in the time to make it a home. And, and it's not to say that other people are bad people or anything. But again, if you're just going to pay your dues and go to a Lodge and, and then never see it again, you know, your Lodge is not benefiting from you and you're not benefiting from your Lodge at that point. And I think that to have people here who are sincere that really want to contribute and invest the time and the energy, that's what makes a great Lodge a great Lodge. So I, I think and, – and then I think that people – if you challenge them sometimes, they will rise to the occasion. So they're going to become better men and better masons because they're willing to put in that time and effort. So uh, so I think that we need to start to consider whether we are making it a little too easy and whether we should be challenging people a little bit more. 
I totally 100% agree with you on that. Now, before we start getting into the York and Scottish rites, I want to remind everybody this is the program Illumination from Sunset Lodge number 369 in Santa Monica, California. It's a great honor and privilege to have us with, uh, have you with us today, whether you're uh, watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, and just myriad of other places where you can receive it. Uh, my name is Les Jones. I am the Senior Deacon of Sunset Lodge, and behind the door, behind the board, is our co-host and producer, Brother Michael Walbach. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. That's sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. And our web address is sunsetmasoniclodge.org. That's sunsetmasoniclodge.org. We're here just about every Tuesday. We'd love to see you. Uh, begin eating at 6.30. If you're a brother and you're coming through, please do stop by and have a bite to eat with us and join us in whatever activities we're doing. And if you're not a Mason, you're equickly invited just come and have a beat uh, bite to eat with us and, and we'd love to share with you all right uh, we are going over today we uh, I am a master Mason now what type of thing and we're talking about many of the other things here and I, I preface it and I said it before and I'll say it again uh, you can learn so much just in the three degrees. And I've gone through the Scottish Rite, and it kind of, for me, it just really solidifies how important the first three degrees are. And and if you're watching, once again, on, on YouTube, you can see our books back here, and you can't see some that are along the sides here. But we have several books that you could study, and there's a lot of stuff. You spend a lifetime studying just the first three degrees, and that would be very fulfilling. But we're talking about the other organizations along the way. Brother Michael, one of, uh, we're looking here at the York Rite, and uh, it says the York Rite is one of the appending bodies of Freemasonry that a Master Mason may join to further his knowledge of Freemasonry. And it said, but the York Rite is not found on a single system worldwide, and outside, and outside of the United States, there are often significant differences in the ritual. And it speaks about a lot of things on, on the on the York Rite. What do you know about the York Rite, my brother? Well, like I said, it, it is the oldest uh, of the rituals in terms of the concordant bodies. It does go back all the way to the early 1700s or earlier. Um, and, and it is. It, it's a very es esoteric ritual. Like many, I, I've not seen it worldwide, so I'm sure there are variances and so forth. Um, one of the interesting things with Sunset Lodge, I don't know if you're, if you're visiting the lodge, there's an apron here of Murray Cook, Worshipful Murray Cook, who was a past master of this lodge. And at one point, he was the head of the Royal Arch throughout the entire world. So he wow. was the main number one guy. Um, and that's quite an accomplishment or an achievement too. And, and that wasn't just in California. That was worldwide. He was the head of the Royal Arch. Um, and just an outstanding gentleman, still one of those people that I'll forever admire now that he's passed on. But um, you wouldn't have found a better gentleman and to know. He was just an incredible human being. Um, but, you know, the Royal Arch, I, I think, is really substantial, really important. Now, now, again, you know, once again, they've taken it to – there used to be just the Royal Arch degree. In fact, you, you mentioned the three degrees back right. at the time of the revolution. There were only two degrees, not three even. So, oh, really? So everything was contained in two degrees. 
Um, so the idea that you have to go through a million degrees to get enlightened, I think, is probably not right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, with the Royal Arch, you end up with the Commandery and the Cryptic Masons and a gazillion organizations higher up the pole. And, and I sometimes think with those things, and this is the same with the Scottish, right? I think sometimes with those things, it's people that were master of their lodge that are no longer a master and they still wanted to be important. So they created all these other organizations just to continue to be be somebody special, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, but I do think that the Royal Arch is an incredibly important degree, and I really think that you're missing out if you don't take it. Um, so I highly, highly encourage you, if, and anybody listening, if you're a Mason in California, I think that to observe the Royal Arch degree, to, to, to experience it, to, to see the lessons that are presented in it, uh, I think is, is absolutely one of the best things you can do. Very good. Now, you brought up something. I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole here, so to speak, but you're talking about two degrees. Explain that to me. I did not realize that. Yeah, in a lot of the history of Freemasonry, there really were no three degrees. There were two, even back in the early days of the Grand Lodge of England. So it, it still had all the lessons, but it was kind of divided up a little bit differently. And if you, you research their action, I think there are still copies of the two degrees out there somewhere that you right. can find. But but really, there was no third degree. It was just the two. And it was still still a raising. You still went through a lot of the same things that we do, but it was just structured a lot differently. Oh, okay. That sounds good. All right, that's a little bit about the, the York Rite. Now, the Scottish Rite is what I'm familiar with because I've, I've, I've gone through that here in uh, Santa Monica. And it's, a, it's probably what most people have heard of who've gone, done any sort of reading about this. You hear about the, the 32nd degree Mason or 33rd degree Mason. We're talking about a Scottish Rite when it comes to that. And it says, uh, they talk here about the northern jurisdiction. There's the northern, which is, of course, the northern portion of the United States. And then the southern uh, district, which is the one we're in down here in the southern port along the way. And it says that the Scottish Rite is one of the appending bodies of Freemasonry that a Master Mason may join for further exposure to the principles of Freemasonry. And I, and I think that's a perfect way of putting it. It's a further exposure of the same principles. And uh, you're not gonna, it's, it doesn't make you a better Mason. You know, it's good to have something to learn more about. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm very happy I did it. I got to learn a lot more. But it, it doesn't take the place of my lodge here along the way. Uh, let's see. This is, and also, uh, in some of the degrees related to the degrees of symbols or craft of Freemasonry. And it says in England and some other countries, while the Scottish Rite is not an official recogni recognized by the Grand Lodge, only a recognized Freemason may join, and there's no prohibition against him doing so. And it said in the United States, however, the Scottish Rite is officially recognized by Grand Lodges as an extension of the degrees of Freemasonry. And the Scottish Rite builds upon the ethical teachings and philosophy offered in the Craft or the Blue Lodge, through dramatic presentation of the individual degrees, and I think that's a that's a very good thing, and and I I'm I'm so glad I did that. So, what do you think, Brother Michael? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think in some ways the, the Scottish Rite, having gone through it years and years ago, um, is almost a course in comparative religion to a degree. It sort of looks at a lot of different faiths and right. how they're similar or some of the moral principles that are, that are, are certainly common throughout a lot of different religions and spiritual paths. Um, and of course, you know, it, it ties in a lot to, to the Knights Templar and Jacques de Molay, right. especially being French, obviously, because the Templars were very connected to France. Um, now, it's interesting with the Templar stuff, too, is that, you know, obviously, Masons, we have that connection with the Knights Templar, so, so-called connection. Right. But if you look at that, that's very tenuous as well and not very easy to prove that um, there was a, a man, Ramsay, I think his name was, that was giving these orations in France, and he knew it would delight the crowd to talk about the Templars. So he was the one that kind of got us wrapped up in that. But there really isn't any kind of evidence that Freemasonry and Templars had anything to do with each other. and. And so that's a little bit fanciful, perhaps. Um, but it does still talk about Jacques de Molay and the Templars. And, and, and again, you know, Freemasonry in general, I think, um, whether it's the Three Degrees and the Blue Lodge, whether it's the, the Scottish Rite, it, it does have that tendency and maybe why that we find the Templars so appealing to believe in the separation of church and state. And, and that's a very important thing. And so you, you really do see the emphasis on that in a lot of the degrees that, that, that there has to be um, a very cautious approach. And I, I think that in society in general, when you, you have ecclesiastical power interwoven with religious power, we see that in the Middle East with the Taliban, you see it here in some ways with extreme fundamentalism, that bad things tend to happen for people. And, and so I think that it is dangerous to put those two forces together. So I think our founding fathers recognized that as well, which is why they were adamant about the separation of church and state. That's very true. I, I think we have enough uh, examples of it just around in history. I mean, it just does not seem to work out when you try to mix them together, in my, in my humble opinion. So that's, that's a really good thing. I, I've just got to go back to the idea... I, I know there's a good friend of mine who's a wonderful lady, but I told her I was going to be doing the Scottish Rite degrees, and she based everything she knows on what she's seen on YouTube and read, on uh, Googled and so forth, and, you know, there's some good info there. I'm not going to say there isn't, but there's a lot of really bad stuff. And she was just so afraid that I would be drinking Alpha Skull and then signing in blood and this and that. She was very afraid for me. And she was just, please don't do anything, you know, don't do and I said, you know, I'm not going to do anything like that. Don't worry. And as soon as I got my uh, Scottish Rite degrees, as soon as I finished everything, I sat down and sent her a note and explained to her what I could about it. And how wonderful it was, and there's nothing like that. And uh, I maybe I, I I can't say yeah I can't say about other places, but I can just say for myself I I I didn't go anywhere near to anything like that. Have you run across that, brother Michael? Yeah, to to a small degree. Um, I think some people obviously have read a lot of conspiracy theories about Freemasonry, and and to be honest, there are a couple of different faiths that don't really endorse Freemasonry. Some of the um, Southern Evangelical, Southern Baptist stuff. Um, I think we mentioned it in a previous show that the reason for that is that we pray with non-Christians. You can pray for a non-Christian, but you can't pray with a non-Christian because right. that validates its faith. So because we have people of every faith in our lodge and we have a, a non-denominational opening and closing prayer, that, that to them, I guess that's blasphemy and, 
and, and hence we're we're doing the devil's work. But you know, what can I say? And and you know, you're you're never going to necessarily completely get away with that from that. And that there is certainly going to be all some of that conspiracy theory, theory stuff that will follow Masons around regardless. Um, the Grand Lodge has always had a position that we're not going to get involved with that, so we prefer just not to comment on it and so forth. So they don't really try and and dispel it. Um, which I, I guess is probably smart in many ways, yeah. but but again, you you will run into a little bit of that, but it's not very common. It's very rare. Most people really hold Freemasonry in esteem, and, and I would say I've met more people that when they recognize you're wearing a Masonic ring, are actually quite taken with it and and understand that it is a an honorable society, and they tend to see you as such rather than people that think you're up to no good. And I've often said people think that we're part of the Illuminati and we're running the world, and I don't think our lodge can barely organize a picnic, let alone run the world. So that's a big job, and I don't think we're up to it. So, yeah, but as I said, you're always going to get a little of that. Yeah, I, and I, I know uh, where, I, where I live, the manager of the apartment complex where I live, uh, she noticed my ring. She's brand new. And she wanted to sit down and talk to me about things. And I said, whenever I'm, you know... I just am wide open. You just talk to you. Know, we'll sit down and we'll chat. You'll ask me questions. I'm not going to be able to answer everything you you ask, but I'm not going to lie to you. And I just, and I, I think the more that we just get out there and do that, we'll see, we'll we'll show the world. Now, I I know nothing about the York right, but I know the Scottish right. Uh, once again, I am so glad I went through that. There's a lot of symbolism. It says right here through dramatic presentation of the individual degrees and the stories that were told were really awesome. And that's great. Now, one other thing that we have not touched on, and we didn't really plan on it per se, but it just really comes to mind. What do you know about the Shriners, brother? Well, again, I'm not a Shriner. Um, right. It is not an original organization in the sense that also is a fairly modern thing in Freemasonry, although it's been around for more than a century, obviously. But by Masonic terms, that's very modern. Um, we always think of them as the party Masons. Um, and so I, I can't honestly tell you what the rituals are and so forth since I've not become a Shriner. I, I know that they really place a strong emphasis on charitable work, in particular um, the children's hospitals that they, they manage where children can go for free and be treated for um, disabilities and so forth. And they do just incredible work. Um, so, And that's really their main focus, I think, is, is raising money for that. And they do outstanding jobs with that. Um, but again, you know, it, it's it's not going to be more than what masonry than what you're going to get in the first three degrees. I don't think it's going to make you a better person necessarily, but I think it's a chance to do good, and and that in itself has a great value. Very good. And I I look over all these degrees, and I look over what I've done in the Scottish Rite, and once again, I'm doubling down. I'm doing the work. I I look forward to being the junior warden next year, and. If everything goes well, the senior warden, and if everything goes goes well, then spend my year as master of the lodge. And yeah, I, I think that that's really one of the most profound and important things, honestly, that you can do is to become master of the blue lodge. And I, I just, I highly encourage anyone out there. As I said, you know, if if you're, I've done it all in a sense, not all of it, because some right. of it I. I haven't, obviously, but I think that um, having done the Scottish Rite, the York Rite, it's fascinating and it's wonderful, but to me, the Blue Lodge is where it's at, and and to me, that is masonry in a nutshell, so I, I really hope that people do spend their time in the Blue Lodge and not just rushing off to join other organizations and completely ignoring it. I'm totally humbled, even to this day, Brother Michael, 
about when I walk into my lodge, it's every so often it just hits me even stronger that, uh, you know, a lot of fine men went through this. A lot of great people stood in lodges exactly like this and done so much for our country and for the world. And it's just, it's very humbling to be able to stand in a lodge like this. And also, I, I, I really don't feel worthy to be a, a master of a lodge, but I, I'm going to do what I can to, to make my lodge a better place to be. Well, I think humbly, Les, you're a lot more worthy than you're allowing yourself to realize. <laughs> and I think that we're all excited to have you going through the line. But I think you're right. I think when you consider that when you walk in and you take the degrees, it's the same degrees roughly that, that Washington took and, and uh, Jefferson and Kings have taken and, and captains of industry and, and all these incredible people, men that have walked on the moon. And yet you've taken the same exact degree that they have. You've gone through the exact same experience that they have, and they would call you a brother in the same way that it, it's a great leveler. And yes. we'll hear that term to be on the level a lot in Freemasonry. But it, it is about all men being created equal very much and, and having an equal spiritual value and an equal worth. And it's so funny. My, my wife and I are big fans of Doctor Who, the British sci-fi series. Yes. And uh, at one point the, this person was saying that he wasn't important. And one of the doctors, I think maybe it was uh, – Matt Smith said that he traveled the universe, or maybe it was Capaldi, he said he traveled the universe, and trust me, there's no one that's not important, he said. And I thought that was almost a very Masonic statement, that we all have such value. So um, it's great stuff. And, and as I said, if you have the, the interest in masonry, I think you know, it's a great thing to explore, and I, I hope you, you guys take advantage of it. There you go. I'm glad we went over these, these degrees here, but when it boils down to it, my Blue Lodge is the best. All right. Uh, thank you, Brother Michael, for helping me with this. If you want to reach us, our email address is sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Until next time, see you then.